Previously on Just Cow in the City. What am I going to do? Where am I going to park that? I just paid $20 for a cup of coffee. All because there's a pretty girl there. You fucking kidding me? What, has he been lying to us? I thought he was a kid from Brooklyn. This is Jada Pickett-Smith. She's the Michael Corleone of the Smith family. If you have anything planned the next day, you should not be taking a sleeping pill. Hey, you can't talk to strangers. Why not? So take your IPAs and shove it, all you microbrewing companies. I can't stand sharing. I don't know what man does. The life we lead continues to push on. We've all had a rotten day, so what's Just Gal gonna say? He hopes to take a moment of your time to make you feel much better when you hear about his day. Little magic power makes your problems seem okay. If you're looking for action and nothing that's new, just go in the city is the podcast for you. If you like listening to things that no one else would do. Just Cow in the City is the podcast for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final edition of Just Cow in the City. Final edition of February 2024. Don't worry, everybody. I'm going to be here for a long, long time. As long as I keep eating like I do and not exercising, I should be here for a long, long time. That's everybody. Just Cow in the City, February 27. In two days, it'll be a leap year, and that's an exciting time. You know, I could have been born on the uh, 29th. My parents had, you know, just had sex six months earlier. It would have been exciting to have a February 29th birthday. I wonder how that would have turned. You know, if I think about it all, if they had just had sex six months earlier, um, if my mother had just been more of a whore, I really feel that I could have done better in life. With a February 29th birthday, which is exciting, which of course would piss you off when you were little because then your birthday only comes every four years technically but then later would be cool but also i would have been older than most of the kids in my class and maybe that would have been helpful than being the youngest one you know how it works there if you're six months older than somebody i mean it's right out of clueless ty when is your birthday may well, as someone older, than, mine's in April, so as someone older than you, may I give you some advice? You see what I'm saying? So everything, all roads, always lead back to Clueless. Well, lovely to be here on this beautiful Friday in New York City. It's actually not too cold. It's a little rainy, but I was just outside, and it's a pretty nice day. Probably didn't even need my wintry, wintry jacket. It was kind of cold yesterday. I don't know. It's cold, and it's not cold. It's going to be really cold tomorrow. I like it, like I said. Please keep it cold because I can wear these sweaters that maybe look a little thinner. She's taking two pictures this week from people at the restaurant, like the waiters. I've had them take pictures. And I'm like, like did, did you like it? I'm like, can't you make me look a little less fat? What's the matter with you? Funny everything. Uh, they, first they get nervous. They're like, well, how can I, you know, I don't know. See, I'm kidding. I mean, talking about comedy. <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything about making me look a little thinner. Jesus fucking Christ, what am I tipping you for? <laughs> Ah. Well, anyway, it's good to be home in the confines again of the Juskow compound, and I am happy to talk to everybody. I just came back from a lovely lunch with uh, Mr. Danny Vermont, who you might know from, uh, we've had him on the Billy Joel podcast, of course, and of course he is one of the legendary writers for Real Time with Bill Maher. He's been working there for over 20 years, I mean, definitely over 20 years, and he's uh, Bill Maher's go-to guy. And that show is great, and he happens to be in town for some reason, I guess for his birthday or something. He's just having a good time, decided to come to New York. They have a week off on the show, and then it turned out that Bill didn't like any of the jokes they had set up for next week, so he goes, well, I guess I'll see you guys tomorrow, so he had to work anyway. But of course, in this day and age, working from home and going over Zoom ain't that big of a deal, so he's like, eh, what are you going to do? 
And he is a machine, so he knows how to write jokes and do all this stuff. In fact, he told me a really, really funny thing. When Martin Short has been on the show, which he's been on real time several times, he was fortunate enough, because we were sharing Martin Short stories. I only have one, and he has one. Uh, well, he might have two. A lot of times, when which, which I didn't know, the producers will bring out a guest for a coffee or something so they can talk to them before the show and maybe you know talk about what they might say so they're not just people that don't know how to talk or do comedy or all that. I mean, we know Martin Short knows how to do comedy. But if you're on a show like Bill Mars, maybe just here's what we're going to talk about. What are your thoughts? Maybe we can just have like a pre. So, so on the show, they get to shine. So apparently the producer likes to bring comics with him. So actually they can give them a couple of lines. And so I guess a couple times when they have something that's sensational, they're not made up. They, the writers put it in. And Danny came up with a really great one. They were talking about gun control. And Martin Short was the guest that week. And he goes, well, you know, I know you're Canadian, and the Canadian is so polite that they actually use silencers. I thought that was really funny and a really good gag. Martin Short goes, oh, that's pretty funny. But then he moved on, and he never used the gag. I would have. I think that's brilliant. I think that's really cool. I think it's cool that he does that. But we had a lovely lunch at the Carlisle Hotel today, which if you might remember, six months ago or so, I went to see my friend Beth Tapper and her kids there. It's very, you know, oh, my God, it's a classic snobatorium. A classic Dave Juskow version snobatorium. The, the, the word used of snobatorium. Now, now, it's all right. This is the Carlisle Hotel. There's supposed to be a snobatorium. I didn't say a crummy snobatorium, but it's a snobatorium nonetheless. And I walk in, and I'm like, I need to go to this, uh, uh, this room. And they're like, oh, you got to see, go see the person in the front, and they'll let you up. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I, I thought that's the way it was. That's, I guess, their security. But I see some woman's having trouble checking in. There's only one person there. So I'm like, well, how long do I have to wait to just get rung up to somebody's room? Your system stinks. And I remember that from last time. In fact, I went in there saying, you don't remember me, do you? But I didn't do that because the girls at the front desk were very pretty. So one of them was behind her because she was just starting. It was like, she's like, I am in training. And uh, she was very pretty. So I just went up. And I was sitting next to that lady, and they have a thing of Tootsie Rolls there. But the good kind of Tootsie Rolls, the ones you usually only see on Halloween, the fruity ones. You know, the, the chocolate, chocolate Tootsie Rolls is disgusting. I can't stand chocolate Tootsie Rolls. And everybody knows I like chocolate. I do not like chocolate Tootsie Rolls. Those are stupid and dumb, and they taste stupid. But the fruit flavor ones that you usually only see on Halloween, the different colored flavored Tootsie Rolls, those are great, and they're hard to find. So I said, so I see the, a bowl of Tootsie Rolls. Hey, are these for anyone? Can anyone take these? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and then I was talking to the girl, and I don't know how much English she speaks, but I just kept talking. I'm like, you know, you really only get to see these on Halloween. So it's really exciting. These are so much better. She goes, I just had the chocolate one the other day. I'm like, yeah, no, the chocolate ones are horrible. I don't know what you're doing. Listen, I don't know where you're from. She goes, I am from Puerto Rico. And I'm like, well, I don't know where that is, but I will tell you this. And then you can see the other person turn around who's working with this other lady who can't get a reservation or something. And, then, and I didn't say anything. When I got to her later just to say, I'd like to be buzzed up to the room my friend is in, she goes, well, I did hear you say that you've never heard of Puerto Rico and I am Puerto Rican. And I'm like, wait, so Puerto Rican is one of the 50 states? And I think she finally figured out I was kidding. Can you imagine somebody coming? And then she took offense. <laughs> I don't know where that is, but congratulations for being from there. Oh, Jesus. Again, you know, your crummy snobatorium. All right, I'm not going to say crummy. It's just a snobatorium. It's a snobatorium. And, and, and their system stinks. There's got to be another way to get upstairs if you're waiting. Now, they're, they're a very old hotel. So they have really shitty elevators. Very small, and you have to be buzzed in. The doorman's got to, like, press the button for each button that anybody's going to. But they're very small. So not only are you sitting there, and I'm waiting 10 minutes just to get upstairs. My friend's waiting for me because they can't buzz them in because they only got one person working at the desk at this snobatorium. But now we're crowded into the elevator. There's, like, seven of us in there that only holds five. And we're like, wait. So I'm just saying, you know, listen, you and your stupid snobatorium place, this doesn't seem very snobatorium-esque. I am uncomfortable in this elevator, you fucking freaks. And the rooms are small. It's kind of like the Bowery Hotel. It's annoying. I mean, Beth Tapper's room was 
well, it was kind of amazing. I guess it was a suite. But Danny's was a little small. Still nice. It was very nice. It's much better than the Bowery. The Bowery is old and gross. I don't know why the Sarah likes to stay there, but she likes the action downstairs. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, a lot of celebrities hang out down there. The Carlisle's very foreign and old school New York. I don't think any celebrities stay there. But they, I think they film a lot of Woody Allen movies there. So and that's what it, kind of cool. So then he, anyway, so I went up to see Danny. It was so nice to see him. And then we decided we're going to have lunch at the Carlisle Hotel restaurant, which we did. And it's very nice in there. But again, you know, it's all like, oh, sir, yes, of course. Uh, you know, that kind of nonsense. And then they still fuck up your drink. You know what I'm saying. But I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry. So I was just like a Coke. And then they bought me a Bloody Mary. Whatever. Whatever. I was having a good time. I was having a good time. Me and Danny were having an excellent time. It was so nice to see him. I haven't really seen him in person for well, about a year when he was on our um, Comedy Cellar uh, you know, nightly show. Staff there was was very nice, but they're very serious and stuff. But he took me to the bar there, and he said, I've been hanging at the bar. It's amazing. There's really hot girls there and stuff. And we went there after, and what is it, Two, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was packed. It was packed. They have a really beautiful, nice bar with a piano player and lanterns on the table. And the bar, yeah, I guess I guess it's all, I think it's all foreign. I don't think any New Yorkers there, but... It was nice, really nice, and I can see why he's like, you should come here sometimes. It's really nice, and he was right. I mean, it does look like a, a nice place to bring somebody, and it's not far away from my house. I don't know. Maybe something to think of, because right now, I'm trying to think of a place. My friend Sophia called me, and I hadn't spoken to her in a while. I didn't want to speak to her for a while. She called. She goes, hey, I'm coming in from Atlantic City, and I'd like to have, you know, maybe we could have a drink. And I'm like, well, if you you know if you come to my neighborhood, maybe I'll hang out with you, right? Because I, I just you know I, you know I don't want to go out if I don't have to. So I was already in my neighborhood now. I'm gonna so I got to find a place, and well, I don't want to go to that hotel again. That'd be weird. Plus, who knows if it's super crowded or something. Anyway, I'm that's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, I gotta go out again. Ugh, you know what I like doing on Fridays? Nothing. And why shouldn't I? Because I'm out. Six days of the week. Meanwhile, I really don't do anything Saturday or Sunday either, but I work, so it seems like I'm doing something. I, I, sometimes I plan something. Whatever. It's not the point of the story. The point of the story is the Tootsie Rolls that they have downstairs. Now, if it's a stomatorium like that, what are they putting Tootsie Rolls out there for? I mean, it should be something fancy, but I loved that it was Tootsie Rolls. And I just had one of the fruity ones, and they're really good. It was really good. I had the blue one, which I thought was vanilla, but it was actually blueberry. It was delicious. It's better than Starburst, Starburst, I think. I don't know, but it's better than the chocolate Tootsie Rolls. That's the worst. So that all being said, uh, let's move on from the Tootsie Roll conundrum. Whereas last Friday, when I left you, I was going to go on a date, but I canceled it. I canceled it. I just wasn't in the mood to go out. That's the problem. The week, and you guys all know this, the week is you're like, my week, I'm doing this, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And then... Let's just say this is my Sunday. Do you, does anybody like going out on Sundays? They tell me I could play a bunch of rooms on Sunday nights, and I'm like, I don't want to go out Sunday nights. When people invite me out Sunday nights, I just get angry. I mean, I shouldn't be that way now because now my Sundays are Wednesdays, but you know how it is. So this is technically my Sunday. So why do I want to go out on Sunday when it's everybody else's Friday? It's very confusing being me. I don't hate it or anything. I like it, but you know I just worked the whole week. I just want to stay in and watch TV, which is weird because I don't have any plans for tomorrow. So I can just stay home and watch TV tomorrow. And I know once I go out, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, I just stress about the stupidest stuff, and that's the problem. So I just didn't feel like going on Saturday. And because something else happened, too. When I say something else, it's like not a big deal. But that guy, John, I think I told you this by the time the podcast was on. Yeah, I believe I said I was going to see the guy from United Airlines. Remember? He got punched in the face. Um, in the line of duty by a stupid drunken Marine and hasn't been to work since. And I like him very much. Obviously, he helps me at United Airlines. He's a really great guy. I love seeing him when I'm there. And he hooks me up with um, other things. too. I just enjoy his company. He's a very nice guy. We wanted to take him out. And it turned out all of a sudden he was better. And he called me and Russ Maneve. And he said, do you guys want to have dinner on Saturday? And I'm like, okay. And even though I could leave, and I, I definitely did tell you this, I could leave at 4 o'clock. I'm like, I just I don't feel comfortable leaving the city at 4. I'd rather be already in there. So, yes, I, I woke up at 5 in the morning on Saturday. At 6 o'clock, I went down 
and I had my car waiting. And of course, there was a huge snowstorm. So I got to clean snow off my car that's always in a garage. But fortunately, I was very smart and did keep a ice broom thing in my car just in case this were to happen and I was on the road. So I did have something and it was a very fluffy snow. So it was very easy to get off, but it was piled on and it took me a while. So I'm so stupid. I want to always turn my car on first to make sure it's working. And then I'm like, well, I might as well leave it on. And of course my windshield wipers go up, but they were stuck in the snow. So there were, I don't know, that could have broken them, so it was a big mistake. But I want to keep the car running. I want to put the heat on. I want to put the defroster on. But I am afraid when I close the door, the door is going to lock automatically somehow. I don't know why. And obviously, I can't keep the windows open, even though I think maybe I... So I open the window because I'm like, I'll keep the windows open. And then, of course, I'm taking the snow off the roof. They're all falling on the in, into the car. So I'm like, all right, and I'll keep the side door open instead uh, just a tiny bit and I took a picture of it, and you could see the side door open, and me, you know, you, you know, you know, I'm going to take the snow off the roof, and it's falling right into the side door. There's no way to win. I had to take the chance and hope that the car was just going to stay unlocked. I hear sounds sometimes when I'm in the car that makes it sound like it's locking automatically, but it shouldn't be. So I panic about that, and if the car keys are already in the car, I don't, well, I don't have a way to reopen it anyway. That's why I told. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I'm an idiot, and the snow's all coming in my cars and taking off the roof. But I'm in, I'm enjoying the process, and it certainly was beautiful out there. And again, you'll see the picture. It looks like a winter wonderland in Manhattan. And it wasn't a bad snow, like it wasn't sticking to the streets or anything. But, you know, I'm afraid to drive in the rain, so the snow was just as bad. I was a little nervous driving that far, but I also knew it was going to stop very soon. And, for, of course, as soon as I got to my mother, I knew it was going to stop. Because that's the way it works. But I mean, I knew from the weather reports, but how funny is that? I, if I had gone at any other, a normal time that I usually go visit my mom, the snow would be already stopped. But I like going early and there's no traffic or anything. So obviously on today too. So I go through Staten Island and I got to tell you, Staten Island looked incredible. I wish I had had my car camera on so you could have seen how beautiful Staten Island looks. It'll never look like that again because Staten Island is a dump. It's disgusting there. But when the a snow blankets anything that's gross, like a garbage dump or anything, it always looks really pretty. And that is definitely the way it looked as I was driving around and finally made it to my mom's. My, my, you know, my mom and I had an okay time. I always sit there and I talk to her for like an hour. We have a donut and some coffee. I got her a double chocolate donut. She goes, oh, I'm not supposed to eat these. And I'm like, hey, what are you going to do? You're like 100. Who gives a shit? <laughs> She's like, oh, I think they're going to make my stomach hurt. I'm like, hey, that's my favorite thing. Well, you get, you're at home. You're going to be at home all day. Who cares? That's the beauty of trying stuff that's going to hurt your stomach as long as you're home. I wouldn't eat it out. If I had to go somewhere, if I had to go through Staten Island again, I wouldn't eat it. I can't have an IPA beer if I know I'm going to drive somewhere later. So then we always, it's, it's, it's kind of a nice day. I'm there for way too long, but and we talk for an hour or so, and then I go into the office and do some work and... We talk, and then uh, at 1 o'clock, we go to lunch downstairs, and a lovely lunch together, and then I uh, work for a couple of hours, and then, uh, then I took a nap because I'm like, geez, I'm really tired, and I don't have to be anywhere until 6.30 and finish work at 4. So I lied down, and then I woke up just in time. I'm like, oh, shit. I guess I was really sleepy. So I was with my mom for 10 hours. The reason I bring it up is because my sister called me today, and she went down there today. And said, uh, when she left, after being there for three or four or five hours, uh, my mother said, oh, you're leaving already? And we're like, well, that's, two of us were there in one week. I mean, what else can we do? Let's move in. I said, oh, you know what you got to do, Beth, is you got to stay there until it's dark. Then she can't wait for you to leave. You got to do what I do. Go, go there for 10 hours. Then she can't wait to get rid of you. Trust me. I'm like, well, I understand that. So anyway, we all said we're going to meet at 630 and John's picking Russ up from the train station, and I'm going to drive him back. And we're going to meet at 6.30 at, he says, the Longhorn Steakhouse restaurant. Now I'm excited, but I fucked up. I hate the Longhorn Steakhouse. I don't know whether you remember, I can't stand it. It's in Woodbridge, New Jersey, which, of course, I love Woodbridge, New Jersey. That's where my uh, storage facility is. You know, that's right around where I grew up. 
right off Route 9. And I do like that area. That's where the Jiffy Lube is, right across the street from the Jiffy Lube. So I love that area, but I hate that Longhorn Steakhouse. I thought we were going, yeah, I either want to go always to Outback or this place, the Texas Roadhouse Steakhouse, where you pick out your own steak, remember? Because that's where that's right by John's house. But no, you wanted to go to the Longhorn Steakhouse. Now, I don't know why the Longhouse, the Longhorn Steakhouse is worse than the Texas Roadhouse, but it, it is. I don't, I think their appetizer stuff stuck. So we went with Russ and that guy, Don, that cleans pools and, uh, you know, gets me that fire stick. And uh, this guy, Tim, Timmy, who is Springsteen's road manager, but I think he's also Springsteen's cousin. And I hadn't seen him in about 10 years, so I didn't recognize him. He's like, hey, Dave. I'm like, hey, this guy. You know, one of those things. Until it took me a while, and then I remembered where I saw him and how I knew him and all that kind of stuff because I think he was working with Artie for a while too. And he's a really nice guy, and he's a Jersey guy. I didn't know he was coming. You know, you, you got to tell me this kind of stuff. Everybody knows that. But he was really nice, and I was glad he was there. So it was just five, it was five of us. I, I just didn't know. You know, they, they t- Don told me, Leslie, go, yeah, you don't like the appetizers here. You didn't like your appetizers. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, fuck this place. <laughs> and the steak was bad. I think I got the, the, the Longhorn steak, the, the standard that you get there. It's like a porterhouse and something. I don't know. Whatever it was, it sucked. Anytime you go to a steakhouse and you need a one sauce or they even have it and don't have their own kind of their own invention of barbecues or something, um, that place sucks. So it needed it, and that's a bad steak. That's a disgusting steak. Not that I expect that much from it, but that Texas Roadhouse seemed to be a better cut of steak for some reason, and I like the appetizers better there. Everything about it was better. We waited for a long time, but again, I don't care. I had a couple of beers and a frosty mug, which I do like. And uh, But I just did it. So I got a spinach, choke, a spinach and artichoke dip, first which was delicious and then i messed up because i finished nobody else was eating it so i just kind of finished i don't know half of it and then put it and then the food came and the plate was so big with the pita chips and the spinach archer i said you could take it away and russ got angry at me because dumb me forgot it was russ's eating day and he wants to eat all the leftovers. I forgot and I feel horrible about it. Like, I still feel bad about it. How could I be so stupid as to send it away? I should have just somehow rearranged the plates. But I really asked everybody, do you want some? Do you want some? Nobody wanted any. And But I forgot about Russ's off day. Like, keep all food until told. Otherwise, when you're eating with Russ Maneev, who only eats every four days, how can I be so stupid? Ugh. My bad. And I still really feel bad about it. Meanwhile, John got the footage of him getting punched in the sucker punched in the face from Newark Airport. And he let us watch it. And it's incredible. He goes down and it's really messed up. And he showed us the footage. It was very exciting to actually. I mean, you feel bad for him, of course, but he looks good and he's feeling good and everything's okay now. But when you see it, it's it's awful. It's just absolutely awful. And we're just like, wait, did they catch this guy? What happened? You know, there's all this st- stuff where he called the Port Authority police and they didn't come. And somebody said, it's okay. You don't need them. I mean, he really sh- needs to sue the shit out of somebody, but nobody knows who to sue. And he really should sue because th- things didn't, th- th- he never should have been put in that position. All he does, I mean, he, is big there, but he is usually getting people off the plane and getting people on the plane. And he shouldn't have to deal with an unruly passenger. That should be a police. If we're on the ground, that should be a police or security person. So I don't understand how he got in that position. And it's a shame because if you ever meet this guy is so sweet and this is just so bad. And I don't think they'd ever put a woman in that position. So, and this Marine should be, Bought up on charges. I don't. I think he does have a court date coming up, because you're if you're a marine, you're you're like a weapon, and if you use that to for evil purposes, that you get in trouble. And obviously, he was not provoked. He was drunk, and then he sucker punched this guy. It wasn't even a fair fight. He John was turned around. You can see everything. 
He's turned around. He's talking to somebody else. As soon as he turns back, the guy punches him right in the face. And he goes down. It was really messed up. But I can't deny it. It was fun to watch the video. Speaking of which, I got my... How did I not open with this? I got the body cam footage. Evan was kind enough to get the body cam footage from my car accident. It's a two-camera shoot. Both officers were wearing body cams. Now, he sent me a little bit of it, and I, you know, and it wasn't as exciting as I guess I thought it was going to be, but the main part is there. Like, I told Evan, I said, well, it's like what I told you. I mean, I definitely was keeping my cool and being like, who the fuck is this guy? And there's definitely the scene where I'm like, yeah, you keep showing me that card. I don't know what it is. So I will combine this two-camera shoot for you, and you want to join Patreon to see the body cam footage of Dave Joskow and this crazy man who shouldn't be driving, having it out on the campus of Montclair State University. You will want to see the body cam footage. I will get that together. Obviously, it's not going to be this week, but it'll, it'll be there soon. And then Evan says I should do the Criterion DVD commentary collection of uh, the incident, which I probably will. Now, what I was thinking here was, is this guy for real? So that should be entertaining too. So first we'll look at the body cam footage and then the week after we'll have the commentary on the body cam footage. But I do have the body cam footage. Folks, if you're listening to this show and you're a loyal listener to this show and you haven't joined Patreon for this reason alone, I mean, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, you're never gonna meet somebody who's actually gonna get the body cam footage from the cops. You're welcome in advance. This is quality stuff. I'll, I think I'll put words underneath, I guess, because I don't know if you can. I mean, I can hear it because I know what I said, but uh, I guess it's one of those things you got to put the words underneath. Like even when people are talking English and you can't, what? What did they say? There was one. Anyway, go back to Saturday. We leave. I drive Russ home and I come back to my house and there is this card on my door to my apartment. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, this can't be good. I thought it was already Christmas already. What's going on? But it's from my new neighbor. And it is this lovely, amazing card saying, hi, I'm your new neighbor. I just moved here from Brooklyn, but I'm originally from Indiana. So I like to say hello to all my neighbors. And here's my number. I work at a law firm down the street. And I just, you know, if you need anything, hello. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so nice. So I was immediately going to text her and say, oh, my God. And I was like, it's 1230, 1 o'clock. I'm like, okay, I got to be careful because she's, she's young. She's pretty. Um, I can't. She's put out this nice gesture. The only way I can ruin it is by immediately being like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Do you want to come over? I mean, this would be. So I got to time it exactly right. I want to write her and be like, thank you so much. No one ever does that. People don't understand in Manhattan. I remember my friend Mitch Silverberg would always say, to his wife, hey, just get friends with his neighbors. Can you believe that? People in New York City don't, and we've talked about this before, they don't really like to be friendly to their neighbors. I love being friendly with my neighbors. You all know this, but I like being friends with everybody. That was such a great gesture because I had been waiting to run into her because I heard she was here. I heard what her name was, and I'd been waiting to run into her, but I never did. So this note was so sweet and ballsy too and send it to like the four of us in this little vestibule. And so then I was going to, you know, write something on Sunday and I just didn't. And then I'll do it Monday. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'll do it Tuesday when I get away. It just kept happening. And then finally on Wednesday, I wrote back and I felt bad for not. Then I feel like I waited too long because she's probably nervous that nobody's responded and she put herself out there. So I hated that I waited till Wednesday. But I did. I put it out Wednesday and she didn't write back. And that was fine. And then I was wondering. I wonder if anybody else wrote back or if they've already seen her. So then on Wednesday 
night. I think I was working from home and I heard keys rumbling. Now I thought it was actually my other neighbors who for some reason were having a party on a Monday night and they are not a lot of laughs. Trust me. I mean, everybody's real. I got really lucky. My other three neighbors on the floor, very nice, very nice. And you know, anybody would know. You get a new neighbor that sucks. Oh my God, it's the worst. So everybody's very friendly and nice. But my other neighbors to the right of me, they're not, they're, you know, they're just not a lot of, lot of laughs. That's all. And they're having a party on a Monday night. I hear like merriment and yelling. I'm like, what? what? I never hear anything. You know, it's just so weird. I live in this place, I don't know, 22 years now. Now I got these crappy neighbors above that are all over the place, which I never heard a sound in 20 years. And the last two, I'm like, wow, this is what it sucks when people are walking around upstairs. Never had the problem. Never had the problem the white, to the right. Always quiet. I've never heard noise. And now all of a sudden, it's just going crazy. And these people, I'm on a Monday night? I mean, I know it was a holiday weekend. Something's, that's odd. That's odd. They never have people over. I know, what's going on? I go outside the next day and I see a bunch of hearts on their door. I'm like, oh, Valentine's Day. But I'm like, wait, it's way after Valentine's Day. So I think my neighbor is pregnant, which is even worse. Because I can hear their dog crying. During the day, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> oh no, a new baby on the floor. Oh, but I'm positive that that's the only thing that makes sense. So when I heard the keys rattling, I was like, uh, I was like Rick Moranis and Ghostbusters. <laughs> Every time Sigourney Weaver leaves, oh hey, how you doing? Oh, you coming to my party? So it was just I felt just like that. But I'd been dying to find out the information, so I thought it was them. But it was the other girl. That just moved in. I'm like, oh, hi. I got your note. She goes, oh, I got your text. Thank you. I said, did anybody else text you? She's like, no. And now I feel like an idiot. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I texted three days later. I meant to text it was the best. And we talked for a while. And she was obviously nothing but nice. And then we were trying to decipher what the hearts on the door meant. It had to have been a gender reveal party or something. I guess it's going to be a girl, I guess, because they're all pink and red. That's my guess. That's my guess. It's a pretty good, educated guess. So I told her, I'm like, yeah, I think they're going to have, but everybody's nice. She said, nobody responded. I'm like, that's odd because everybody's nice. I said, you didn't, um, by the way, go to the other side and drop off stuff on these. She goes, there's another side? And I'm like, oh, phew, you got lucky because the one thing you don't want to do is give Sabella... Your phone number. You know the one that makes the documentaries that Tom Snyder saw me on in that Birdside view? I'm like, oh, don't give her your number. She's not going to only want to use your apartment. She's going to want to talk to you. She's going to want to, oh. She's like, oh, thank you for telling me. I'm like, you're welcome. If you see a lady with a parrot downstairs, that's the one I tried to stop you from. <clears throat> you know, I know you're, you're friendly and you're nice. You want to be friends with everybody. And I get it. But just be just be, tread lightly with this one. You don't want her to have your phone number. Right? Just t- stop there. You can talk to her in the building. But, you know, when you see her downstairs... Sitting there all crazy looking like Steven Tyler with a parrot on her shoulder. You understand what I'm talking about. She goes, well, that everything you're saying makes a heck of a lot of sense. So already I've given her wisely advice for living in the bed. And of course, now being the senior tenant, am I right, Mr. 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 Dr. Elliot? I'm I'm the senior tenant of my floor now. Remember, there was a guy that was the senior tenant, but I got rid of him because he was making crack. So we had to put a stop to that. But uh, now... Now we got. Now we have a good group. I'm okay with this. And you know how devastated it was when my friend Vivian left. Devastated. The hot girls are leaving from across the way. Well, thank goodness they replaced them with some more hot girls. Thank goodness. Because what is the point of living anywhere where you don't live next to hot girls? If friends and Joey Tribbiani have taught us anything, it's like you always want to live next to hot girls. That at any given hour, we'll knock on your door looking for a corkscrew. So, let's thank God that tradition continues. Oh, Dan, it's you. Oh, hi. Yes, Louis, it's me. I thought it was a drugstore. Oh, are you sick? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I feel great. Just ordered some more vitamins and stuff. I was just exercising. I taped a 20-minute workout on my machine and played it back at high speed, so it only took 10 minutes. I got a great workout. Good. You want to come in for a mineral water? Oh, I'd really like to, um, Lewis, but I have to go to rehearsal now. Excuse me. No sweat. I'll take a rain check on that. I always have plenty of low-sodium mineral water and other nutritious foods in the house, but you already know that. Yeah, I know that. Listen, that reminds me. I'm having a big party for all my clients. My fourth anniversary as an accountant, you know, and even though you do your own tax return, which you shouldn't do, I'd like you to stop by, being that you're my neighbor and all. Well, thank you, Lewis. I'll really try to stop by. 
Listen, that reminds me, you shouldn't leave your TV on so loud when you go out. The creep down the hall phone the manager. Oh, that's strange. I didn't realize I left it on. Oh, yeah, you know what I did? I climbed on the ledge and tried to disconnect the cable, but I couldn't get in. So, you know what I did? I turned up my TV real loud, too, so everyone would think that Bye, both Alice. our TVs had something wrong with it. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. I'm going to have a shower. On Sunday, I got an email from comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. And it was so strange. It wasn't strange. It was just he asked me to, he's like, I'm, I'm tape, I taped a comedy special, as all my friends are doing now, and I would like you to take a look at it and give me your thoughts. I'm trying to cut out 10 minutes. Maybe you could tell me what to do. And I'm like, I would be unbelievably honored to do that. And for a second, I was like, maybe he sent it to the wrong guy. Because once Gaffigan did that for me, and he's like, no, no, I would really appreciate it. You're like a comedy aficionado. I, I totally respect your opinion. I'm like, Really? I mean, what an honor. What an honor. So, but, but, you know, for me, then I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I got to watch a comedy special. <laughs> you know, like it's a disaster. I hate watching stand-up comedy. But I'm like, what an honor. And I do want to, I want to do it and I want to do a good job. So on Monday, since I had the day off, I'm like, that's when I'm going to watch the special. And somehow, old man Juskow got the email to work on his TV. I don't want to sit in front of the computer. Why do I want to watch it on my TV the way everybody's going to be watching it when it comes out? And it was terrific. I didn't have to worry that it was going to be bad. Greg Fitzsimmons is a professional comedian, and he's really good. And I really, I probably wouldn't have told you about it if I didn't, if I thought something was wrong with it. I didn't think anything would be wrong with it, but it was really good, really funny, made me laugh out loud multiple times. So I marked down all the stuff that I liked, and then I marked down a couple of things. I'm like, listen, the only reason I'm telling you maybe drop this or this is because you said you were looking for 10 minutes, and it's not like they didn't hit or anything, but... That's what you told me to do, you know, because you feel bad. You're like, well, you got to be kidding with that guy, you know. Like, so you, you don't want to be a dick, but I'm like, you just told me this is what you were trying to do. So I gave him my input, and I think, and I was really detailed in a good, positive way, and I really enjoyed the special, and it was a good length, and everything about it was really good, and there was a lot of poignant stuff, which was really good. He made a really good analogy to him and his son watching football in a relationship between a father and son, so that was kind of great. It's a good special, and you should look forward to it when it comes out. I, I would definitely recommend this special. It's not over the top or anything. It's, it's at a, a smaller venue than the Garden or something like that, but a good, nice-sized venue for a special. It's shot well. He looks good. He's a really funny guy and such a nice guy. And I like him very much, and I was absolutely honored to do this service. So then... That woman, Felicia Madison, calls me from out of the blue, who used to, who still runs the West Side Comedy Club. Now, I reason I left the West Side Comedy Club, and I think I told you this because I was so angry, so I'm sure I put it over the airwaves, is that every time I'd produce a show there, she's like, well, you can produce a show here, but I have to do 10 minutes. And she's awful. And every time we'd go out, I do like her. Like I said, she was age appropriate. I mean, she's married, but she's my age. We had a lot in common. She knows my cousin, but she's not funny. And she's like, well, you know, you keep telling me I'm not funny. I'm like, I just have to be, it's hard to hang out with you and talk about comedy because you stink. So we hadn't talked to her in two years and I deserve to be banished from the club. If you're going to tell the club owner, she stinks at comedy. That's what you get. I'm like, what are you going to do? But I'm very jealous when I see people playing that because I really, really liked that club. And I liked her. And I liked working there a lot. So it's kind of a bummer not playing there. I feel comfortable there. It's one of those places I feel comfortable in. So that was kind of upsetting. And then she called me out of the blue. She's like, how you doing? And I haven't talked to you in a long time. She called out of the blue one day and she goes, we should get together and have lunch. I'm like, I would like that very much because I was thinking about calling her and being like, hey, it's been two years. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could work there again. Or something, you know? So then she calls. She goes, hey, I have a new comedy special out. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's out on YouTube. Let's celebrate. And I'm like, okay. All right, good. All right, I'll watch your special. She's like, will you watch it? And she didn't say give her notes. But I actually watched it and gave notes anyway. Because I just said, well, this is what I do now. So I made notes. Now this is what I do with people's specials. I'm going to give notes. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the Larry Moss of comedians. I cannot help you write a joke, but I can tell you what's funny and what's not funny. 
This is what I need to do. I need to be the Larry Moss of specials. I need to somehow let the world know that Dave Juskow is ready to comment on your special, and I will tell you what to do. It's not a bad idea. I'm like the Rick Rubin of comedy specials. Rick Rubin, I don't think he plays an instrument. I don't know this guy. He produces a whole shitload of amazing albums, and he's pretty much just a muse. And he just tells people, this is great. What you got to do here is great. This is great. And or what to cut, and people love him. And I don't even think he's a musician. He's a fascinating dude. So this is what I should be doing. Uh, like I said, Larry Moss for acting. I should do this for comedy. I look at your specials. You pay me, just like Larry Moss. Uh, it costs $2,000 to read the script, and then I will go over the script with you. So um, It costs $2,000 for me to watch the video. Then it costs an extra grand for my notes. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not talking about real prices or anything. And if, right now, I would just do it for free anyway. So I just watched this girl's but I started making notes. I'm like, well, this is what I do. That's what I do now. I'm making notes. But I got to tell you, it wasn't that bad. And maybe she got better. And then look at me. This is what I do to everybody, right? And I'm like, listen, you stink. And then, of course, they do pretty well. It's not a bad, you know, it's, it's made for a certain group of people. People who... I think are wealthy on the Upper East Side. And if that's who it's geared to, then that's who it's geared to. And in that sense, it was really good for a, a woman that's an empty nester who's very wealthy. And there is certainly a niche for that. She's not trying to make it for 22-year-old women or men or whatever. She's not Taylor Tomlinson. But she made the special, did it at her own club and put it out on YouTube and just said, what the hell? Why not? Why not? That's what I was thinking of doing. Just not at that club. It was shot well. She looked great. She really looked good. I did not hate it. I would have, if I was her, I would have done a, because she said right now she's working on her next one, I would have done a 30-minute special. But I guess people like her always want to, well, the real special is supposed to be at least 50 minutes. I'm like, well, you know, for me, I'm making a 30-minute one. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it 30 minutes because 30 minutes, then you, 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 you got people wanting more. You hope. 50 minutes, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of anybody. Unless, well, unless, I don't even know who unless. I don't know who I want to see for an hour. But 30 minutes, I, then I'm, I want, I don't understand why specials are that, I don't know, who wants to see somebody walking around on stage for an hour? I don't know. Very few people can keep your attention for that long. You really got to like a comedian for that. But, like I said, this is what I do. So we were supposed to meet for lunch on Thursday. I said, well, I can meet you before class on Thursday at 11 a.m. I said, my cleaning lady will be here. It's perfect. I went to see my mother Saturday. I don't have to go this week. I'll meet you at 11 a.m. in the place of your choice. She goes, I'll let you know. And Thursday, and I wake up early. The house was a mess. I have to clean it, you know, before the cleaning lady comes. I'm not, I'm not a monster. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to see how living filth. And I don't even know how the house got so messy. I think I think it's probably just that bag of stupid pet tricks that I that box and I unloaded everything and just left it all over the place. So it was all pet toys while living and I don't have a pet, so it even looked worse than it normally does. Around ten o'clock, I'm still not here. I'm like, all right, now I need to leave at ten fifteen, ten twenty. Where are we meeting? I don't hear from her. Ten forty five. Hello? I don't hear from her. Eleven o'clock. I'm like, okay, I call. 10.55, I'm like, listen, uh, I don't know what's happening. I'm Looks like I'm the female in this relationship. I've got my makeup on. I'm all ready to go, and I haven't heard from you. I'm waiting by the phone. <laughs> Nothing. So 11 o'clock, I say, well, I guess she's blowing me off. Maybe that's my punishment for telling her a couple years ago she stinks. And it's not like I wouldn't deserve it, but it's weird. Why now call me up and be like, I'm still going to fuck with that just gal. <laughs> So, of course, it didn't make any sense. But I just went to the diner instead because the cleaning lady was there. I was like, there's nothing I can do now. I can't just hang around. I got to leave. So I go to the diner and I'm sitting there and I had some silver dollar pancakes. I was reading the paper. I'm just like, this is so weird. Then I got an Instagram from her saying, I haven't heard from you or something. What it turned out, and you might have heard of this, is that and I don't know if it happened all over the U.S. or just in Manhattan, but AT&T went out. AT&T was out of service for like, a, like three hours. 
And so she wasn't getting any of my texts and she couldn't get in touch with me. And finally, I guess somehow or another, she got on Instagram and then, and then I'm like, yeah, sure it is. And then I heard it on the news. As I was driving home yesterday, I heard it on 1010 Winds. They're like, everybody's wondering why this happened. AT&T went out for three hours today and obviously anybody who used AT&T was pretty upset. And that was the reason she didn't get it. And then as the night went on, she's like, oh, here's your text. Oh, here's your, oh, that message is very, I'm like, yeah, I left a really hilarious message. What the fuck? So it all made sense. It wasn't personal. And I didn't know. She, and then she was like, I can meet you at one o'clock. I'm like, what, do you, what is the matter with you? Like finally at night, like when I was coming back from school, she goes, oh, I just saw your text. We were supposed to meet at 11. Oops. That kind of shit drives me nuts. And that was my big plan. I was going to meet her at 11 o'clock. I was going to try and weasel my way back into the club. And I was going to tell her the notes I had for her on the special. I couldn't have notes. I was just going to tell her what I like because the special's already out. But there wasn't anything I really disliked about it anyway. I just had some certain ones that I thought, wow, these were really good jokes. <laughs> and it would sound as condescending as it just sounded now. And I would take my chances that she still wouldn't want me to work at the club because now I'm being condescending. But that's what you get. I can't lie to her. She used to bring those shows down. It's a fact. There's probably video. I got David Tell on the show. I got Greg Fitzsimmons on that show. I got who's Caitlin. What, what's her name? That we like Palufo. Olga at the time, Alon, they're all really great. Dan Natterman, everybody's doing great. And then she comes on, boom, boom, dies. And then you got to build it back up again. It's a fact. Now, I don't know if she's any better in person now. It sounded like she is. She got a, a routine and it sounds better. But the problem is she just doesn't have the, if she's in the middle of a show, I just don't know. I, I'd like to see what happens but for it i i'm trying not to book any more shows i would just like to be booked on the show so i'm hoping that could happen uh, i would say well geez now that i've said this on the podcast there's no way it's going to happen but my guess is she's not going to listen to the podcast but if she does what are you going to do i said it uh i said her special is really good and that's the best i can give her and uh, everybody else apparently is lying to her so uh, i'm the only one who's honest and that and that is why i uh teach and uh, because those who can do and those who can't um, teach and those who can't teach, teach gym and, and those who can't do anything at all were assigned to our school. And <laughs> I, a lot of Woody Allen today because I was at the Carlisle Hotel and, it, and really I think they filmed possibly Hannah and her sisters there because that's what it looked like when they went to go see Bobby Short after he's in that, that, nightclub with the with the, the 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 guys that look like they want to stab their mother which is what he says guys look like want to stab their mother and she's doing all the coke and she's she can't sit oh no no that's that's where she's doing right then he takes her to see bobby short and i want to say at the carlisle but maybe that wasn't where it was but it certainly looks like it's right out of that movie with the lamps and everything and that's when she's fidgeting and trying to not do coke and he's like what are you gonna kilo in there and that's why it movie that makes that movie so great, because at the end, it all comes around and a thing that you, you wouldn't see, but it's really real. And that's what makes it kind of fun. It makes him a genius, as he is. So there. I remember the staff at our public school. You know, we had a saying uh, that those who can't do teach, and those who can't teach teach gym. And uh, of course, those who couldn't do anything, I think, were assigned to our school. Now, on Sunday, I was grading papers. Now, this being the first three-credit class in a full class, I this is the first time I had to grade papers in a different way than I would normally just let go. And I will tell you something. I was so disappointed, I couldn't even believe it. I was almost like, I, you know what? I can't handle this. This is hard. These kids are the stupidest people. I've, I, what the hell? Meanwhile, all the professors say, I'm just not used to it. And I want more from them. And I don't even know what the hell I'm doing, but I know they're not using proper sentence structure or spelling and i said yes i don't care about that so much so it's my fault except i said and i said to them all yesterday when i got them all together and i said look you have to at least do a once over and make sure you've spelled the actors names correctly you can get that off the internet somebody kept calling john belushi jim belushi i told her she goes oh i'll fix that she fixed it in one place not two she spelled Dan Aykroyd incorrectly. 
somebody was calling in Tootsie, Mike and Julie were supposed to be characters. She kept calling Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary. And then I write back and I'm like, I'm not even sure if you watched the film. And then she wrote back, one of them, on Wednesday, which really upset me. Um, I totally watched this film. How dare you say that to me? And I want the grade I deserve. She's like threatening me. I'm like, what? You called the character by a different name. It doesn't matter. I think I heard the director saying that in the DVD outtakes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What? And then the worst thing happened. My nephew, whose paper was completely late, totally used AI. Totally used AI. It was so obvious. In fact, I'm going to read it to you right now. This is the second paragraph. And the question is, could this movie be made in today's climate? We are talking about the movie Valley Girl. And you tell me. No, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Modern audiences would likely expect more nuanced and empowering representations of female characters, which does not align with the one-dimensional portrayals. Therefore, even the therefore says, Billy, a remake of a, or adaptation of Valley Girl today would likely need to update its approach to gender dynamics to align with societal expectations. Let me tell you something, folks. It, the, the, the fact that he was like, no, I didn't. Oh, my God. I said, Billy, I just put in the question, could the movie Valley Girl be made in today's climate? And you know what came up? The exact paragraph you just sent me. It's kind of funny. It is the, the, kids, the kids getting on my last nerve. And yet I'm telling you, I love, he was in the class yesterday. I love having him in the class, but it's so funny that he's just getting on my nerves. I knew that was going to happen. And then I keep thinking how much I pushed to get him in the class. And he's not showing up next week or the week before. It's such a mess. One of the girls said, I'm like, I don't have your assignment. It's two weeks overdue. Oh, that's because, Professor, I don't really care about your class. Your class is an elective for me, so I have to concentrate on my other classes. I'm like, oh, well, when you put it that delightful way, what the fuck? You said some of the people, they're just writing, do you think this could be made in today's climate? No. Do you think this is an 80 movie? Yes. I'm like, wait. I really have to tell you to flush out these answers? This is college. This, is, you know, this isn't a multiple choice question. You got to tell me more. So what happened is there's this girl in the class who was completely sleeping last week. She was sleeping. She actually put her pajamas on, got comfortable, and put her jacket up over, and had it over her head sleeping. And I didn't care because I like her a lot and she's adorable and fun in the class. I mean adorable in a in a good healthy participation way normally. So something must have happened she had a rough night. I don't care. I would have loved if a professor once in a blue moon let me sleep like that. So she sends me her paper after that day. First I'm like, well this is going to be stupid because she wasn't even paying attention to class. Well, I got to tell you, I read it in front of the class. The only paper I read in front of the class I said, "Listen, I need what you think." not what Wikipedia thinks. And I'm going to read this girl's paper to you because she wasn't there yet. But then when she came in, I said, oh, we're, I'm reading your paper. That's your punishment for being late. I'm going to read your paper to the class. But I, and she didn't seem to mind because it was brilliant. And it was totally written in her own words. And it's exactly what I was talking about. I don't care if you put like, fuck yeah and all this, but I need more. So when she's like, I'll tell you what the scene I didn't care for is that she says she likes Randy, but then she goes back with her boyfriend all because he gives her a bracelet. What the fuck? You know, something like it was written like that. And I'm like, see, this isn't the best writing. It's not a college level writing, but at least she's getting her point across and she's saying it clearly in only the words she can convey. And everybody was laughing because her answers were hilarious and I'm hoping they got the point. And I said to everybody, look, I, I keep saying all you people that got C's or whatever, and believe me, I could have gotten worse. I was trying to be nice. I'm like, you could submit it again and I'll, I'll change your grade. And some of them just never answer back. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't understand. You know, I just don't get it. And I say to myself with all these excuses and 
drama and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I think I was like that in school, but I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure I must have had excuses. And What I liked about college was it wasn't like high school where your grade was your grade, although I think it's different these days because parents will get angry at you, but your grade was your grade. In high school, whatever you got in your test was your grade. And what I liked about college, and I figured it out right away, is that you can manipulate your grade. You can talk to a teacher. You can try again, the ones that want to help. You can, as in Clueless, you can argue your way from a C plus to an A minus. And that is the and that is what I can appreciate. I said, as long as we keep the lines of communication open, you let me know what's going on, you let me know your thoughts, we can work on this together. I, oh, I want everybody to do well. I don't understand how you don't see that. And yet they still won't do it. Meanwhile, now the kids are coming up to me after and they're telling me like, oh, I'm going through a bad time. And then you got to be like a guidance counselor too. But I kind of like it. I like talking to the kids. I like everybody in the class. I really do like them. I want them to do well. I wish I had more time to talk to them. But everybody, you know, there's a line after class of people that want to talk. I showed, we, showed, we watched Fast Times last night. They loved it. It couldn't have made me happier. We watched the whole movie in class. Everybody was laughing. They're having a good time. And I'll tell you, they love, and it still holds up, everybody's favorite character. No, not Spicoli, Damone. Everybody's like, that Damone kid's incredible. What did he do after? I'm like, nothing. He was never seen again. I'm like, isn't he amazing? Isn't he amazing? <laughs> Listen, here's my five-point plan. Hey, Rat, you know, when, and when it comes to making out, always use Led Zeppelin IV, side one. Oh, they loved it. I'm so glad because I wasn't sure. It's 40 years old. They use a couple of terms that are not cool anymore. There's not a lot of diversity, but they all seem to like it, at least the ones that spoke up. But they really seem positive, and they seem engaged in the movie while they were watching, so that's all you can hope for. And, of course, we're having the director and, and, and the writer and director of Clueless come in next week, Amy Heckerling, so she can answer questions that the kids might have. This is fantastic. I don't understand why people would not like this class. Well, I think they all do like it. And that, that girl who even said, I can't worry about your class. I have other classes. Don't get me wrong. I love this class. I'm like, yeah, thank you for yanking my heart out of my chest. And But these are kids, and you got to remember, there's I'm, I, I, we got to go soon, but there's a girl in the class who's my favorite student. She knows it. Everyone knows it. And she's a rock star. She really is. The other professor called her that too. Her paper was exquisite. Um, it was like Reese Witherspoon and Legally Blonde. Oh, and it's scented. I feel it gives it that extra kick. I swear it was like that. She had pictures and graphs and just how much she loved Valley Girl and her points were well made and it's really something else. And she, for her other class, wants to do a documentary on me, your pal Dave Jessica. And I said, no. Many people have tried before, but no. So then she's calling me and she's like, please. And then the other professor is like, hey, I know she wants to do a documentary. You should do it. And I'm like, well, if you say so. So we went out for dinner after the show because they actually have a diner on campus that's now open to one. What? I went there yesterday. I took a picture from the outside and took a picture from the inside. The Red Hawk Diner. It's on campus. It's open to one. I'm like, I'm going to go there every day, even when I'm not teaching. And it's, it's great. It's like right out of the 50s because everyone's a student in there. And then, of course, there's a couple of professors hanging out with their students on the down low. You know what I'm talking about. So, first of all, I had a cheeseburger wrap. She didn't eat anything, which pissed me off. She said, off water. I'm like, what are you, Dory? Because she totally knows who Dory is. I'm like, what are you, my niece Dory? Come on. If you're going to, you know, pitch something to somebody... You're going to have to learn how to drink. I mean, she doesn't have to drink. doesn't drink. But you got to do something. You got to have a cup of coffee. Uh, I'm not hungry. I'm like, see, this is the stuff I'm trying to explain to you you're going to need in the future. She pitched me a thing. But then she told me it'll only take a day. She wants to film me at the, at the cellar, you know, hanging around. I'm like, well, if it only takes a day, I guess that'll be all right. I know I'm going to be embarrassed. So I, I had to tell her, you know, I got a regular job. She was like, you have a regular job? I'm like, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> You know, you should probably know all this stuff. Again, I know it comes off cool when I have the director of Clueless talking or I have Paul Rudd come in, I, but I am not as what you think. And she said, no, no, I, I don't care. I love it. I still want to do it, and it's really exciting. 
and this will be a great documentary and it's really so she still wanted in i wasn't sure of course that is the fun that i have a regular job but i i don't know if i want anybody to know that i mean i know you guys know but i'm just saying i don't know if i want i don't know whatever it's just a student thing but maybe it's like in seinfeld like he got picked up by the ap network oh no not there's anything wrong with that but then she said well you know it's a it's an all-girl crew and i'm like sold why didn't you just open with that dummy but i know the girls and they're great there's this one victoria who was my student for a while and this other girl i met last week dina it's just three girls and they're terrific and this girl victoria is a, a fantastic director she was one of my students i saw her film it was terrific i wanted billy to be in it i think you might maybe you remember that uh, she was doing another one <laughs> but it's just funny well i have an all-girl crew yeah i'm in it's so funny that's all she needed to say and it would have been like i didn't even know who it was well that sounds great i'm all for that you know but i really am i think it's because then i was telling her i'm like you know it's funny they don't have that that should be a thing that this movie was made by all women i that's an interesting thing for the future that just certainly isn't a thing you figure greta gerwig is the director of barbie but it's probably the rest of everyone else is probably a dude Minus the, the girl that gets coffee. And you know I ain't lying. He ain't lying. But that was fun. I got a cheeseburger wrap, and I got to say it was goddamn delicious. It was cold and disgusting, but for some reason it tasted like what the White Rose Burger in Highland Park, New Jersey should be. So I loved it. I'm like, this is delicious. This place rules. And the french fries were good. They have the fountain Coke. I was very excited. The waiter was hilarious. I, I, I can't believe what a good time it was. The, the, the stupid thing's open to one. There's nothing else open there. I can't believe on campus they have one that's open to one o'clock. It's a dream come true. Meanwhile, I walked her to her car at the end because it's a very lonely parking lot. Cars by herself. She's got a brand new Jeep. She, you know, I, I think she lives with her sister or somewhere, but she, she doesn't have any money. She, she doesn't have a job. She's got a brand new Jeep, like a, like a Cher Horowitz Jeep with a cover on it for the winter. I'm like, geez. And, that, and that's right out of Clueless, where all the kids have beautiful cars and BMWs, and the teachers are in these shit cars that they can't get open, and they have to jiggle the locks. I mean, how embarrassing is that? Thank God she has not seen my van Although I guess it has to be in the documentary. I mean, how can you not? Meanwhile, apparently the place, the other insurance place, they, they cannot find the part for my car. I knew they were going to say that. They don't make it anymore. We can't get it anywhere. So now what happens? And the worst part is, is that the other guy has State Farm too, because if they didn't have State Farm, they might get me a new car. But State Farm's not going to want to sue State Farm. So now this guy really screwed me. So the best thing I can do is show the body cam, probably on TikTok, and make him a viral idiot sensation. Fuck you. And then he can sue me for sure. I'm like, I'm going to sue you because you stink. You sue me. I'll sue you. You better lawyer up, asshole. That's from the social network. I love that line. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. And just one last thing before we go, I saw Poor Things last night when I got home. I finally got my SAG digital DVD collection. I saw Poor Things with Emma Stone, and I am recommending this movie. Emma Stone is amazing. There's so much sex in it. She's like naked all the time, which of course is a plus. But it's a really good arts, arty movie. It's really well. So when I was down at my bar on Tuesday, my friend Todd was saying, oh, you got to see it in the theater. You got to see it. I'm like, what do I need to see poor things in the theater? What are you kidding? And now I get it. So if you do get a chance to see it in the movie theater, which is I think the only place you can get it right now, I recommend it because it really is beautifully shot. And it's really such Willem Dafoe and, and Emma Stone and Mark Garofalo. He's hilarious. So, highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. It was two and a half hours, and I never fell asleep, and I started watching it at 12.30 at night. So, how's that for a recommendation for you? Other than that, that's all we have for you this week. 
We are virtual this week on the podcast. Next week, of course, will be our Oscar special, which is I'm trying to rush through all these movies. I might watch Maestro when I got off here. We'll see what happens. Otherwise, I hope everybody has a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week at the Oscars. <laughs> That's what it is. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the bonus show. See you next time. Three.